The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, Real Paranormal Activity is proud to present the Sandman Lullaby with your host, Patrick Sean Jones. Now, as the twilight doubtful interval closes with night's accomplished certainty a wizard wind grows crying eerily and in the glade unsteady shadows crawl time to trees whose voices rear and fall as with some dreadful witch's ecstasy flung upward to the dark whence glittering free the crooked moon impended Twin veils of covered cloud and silence thrown across the moment and sound of things make blank the night till the broken west, the moon's ensangled blade while is shown. The night grows whole again, the shadows rest, gathering beneath a greater shadow's wing. Godzilla. Yeah, I think that is Godzilla. You are in the Sandman Lullaby here on RPA. Yeah, that's the real Paranormal Activity Network. 
And I like to thank every one of you besides Godzilla that happened to make it into the studio and uh, hit that button and seeing what's going on in the world of dreams. This is your little host, your ghost host. Uh, this is Patrick Sean Jones. Ooh. Yeah, he's just tearing up the place. And uh, yeah, what I happen to do tonight or today or whenever you're listening to this phantom cast on the rpa network i brought you a writer an actor a director and he's also a host of a show on the rpa network called aaron's horror show and this ladies and gentlemen boys and girls children of all ages is aaron frail Hey, thank you for having me. Aaron Frail. Yes, the one and only. The only other Aaron. Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> because there's two. There's Aaron Hunter and Aaron Frail. I think that confuses a lot of people. I think they uh, they 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 listen to the uh, Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast. Then they see uh, on the list Aaron's Horror Show, and they think, Wow, he's do he's kind of a busy person, but no, no, this is Aaron Frail. Yeah. <laughs> so, Aaron, go ahead. Followed me actually my whole life. I, I, you know, <laughs> I, I do lots of errands in college, and then we went by Aaron Cube. That's how many errands I knew. Is Aaron? Is that a po real popular name? I think so. At least I don't know. Maybe people around my age. I, 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 I don't know how old mr hunter is but yeah, it seems like we might be around well place, i had so. to i had to practice uh spelling his name right so i am not the greatest speller you know florida does not have the best in education and that really surprised me you had to put two a's for aaron i know <laughs> that's nothing new hey give me some background upon yourself uh what got you interested in the world of horror uh, well, I, I I always loved it. I I always loved horror. I, I always watched it when I was young. Uh, I'm I you know, a lot of my background, honestly, when it when it comes to to movies, is, is Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Right. I love that show. I you know they used to do thirty hours on Thanksgiving, and, and that was my goal to watch all 30 hours you know like most people were watching football or or you know eating turkey or something and 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 i was like okay give me the turkey sandwich i, I want to watch myself some msd3k so <laughs> that that's uh that's kind of where it comes from i, I don't know it's, it's just something about about you know you know because there's a lot of movies that that in the horror genre that just aren't that good they're you know a couple people get together you know film their friends or whatever and, and <laughs> they they got a movie and, and there's i don't know i'm a glutton for that kind of stuff what about your paranormal background oh uh yeah like like you know i've i've had some weird stuff happen to me as far as par paranormal stuff uh i had a i i had a friend who who you know committed suicide i'm sorry to hear that uh, i know i know it, it was it, it was a hard thing because he the, the night that he did it, he had invited a bunch of people over to his house to say they were, you know, going to watch movies, and he would call them. That was his, you know, specific instructions that he would call them and 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 uh, say that they would all come over. And uh, 
you know, the night that it happened, I, you know, never got a call, but I, I was also playing video games at the time, and I just didn't think of it, and, and later on, I, I, I thought, oh, man, you never called, and then I got this feeling of, like, everything's going to be okay, like, this really powerful feeling that, that everything's fine, don't worry about it, and I had no idea where it came from, because I was just thinking, oh, I missed movie night or something, you know, and it wasn't until the next day that everyone in that social circle had started reporting that same like really powerful feeling. Oh, everybody felt it. Yeah. Everyone felt it. Yeah. So, you know, he was, he was, I guess, you know, I guess he was coming around to, to tell people it's okay. And, uh, yeah, it, it was, it was a tough time. And, and, and we all, you know, had to band together because of it. But yeah, that, that was kind of a stronger paranormal event. Have, did you life. ever see anything personally? Uh, you know, I, I saw, and this is kind of, I don't know. I, I take this one with a grain of salt because I can't, I can't verify that it was a ghost, but you know, so my family all comes from Chicago uh, right. where I was born. And, uh, I, uh, you know, uh, from what I hear, uh, there was this brownstone where, you know, people, members of my family owned all three levels, you know. So there was like, you know, segmented off into three levels, three different apartments and and uh, owned or maybe they rented. I, I don't know what it was, but like like there's members of my family in all three levels. And, and uh, you know, right next to that brownstone, it was at the very end of the block. So it was like the very last brownstone at the end of the block and, and right in between uh that row of houses and then a row of houses on the other side you know so another row of brownstones there was this wood or not wood but stone mansion uh and so there was this like stone mansion in the middle of a bunch of brownstones in chicago and reportedly that that mansion survived the chicago fire you know one of the few buildings that did because obviously it's it's made of stone you know right and uh so I, I remember as a kid visiting that brownstone, the, the one that was reportedly in my, you know, that my family was on all three levels. Uh, the, the level that I was on was on the second or third. I can't really remember which, but I, I was using the bathroom. And, uh, you know, as we all know, boys stand up to pee. And I, I was looking out the window while I was doing that to the uh, window of this mansion that was like, you know, right across the way. Like, like I bet if, if, you know, I was a little bit more precocious. I could open the window and jumped over to the ledge. That's how close it was. Mm-hmm. And I remember while I was, you know, using the bathroom, I saw this boy, you know, standing there in the window of the the, the mansion. And uh, he waved, and I waved back, and I didn't think anything of it. I, you know, you know finished up and, and then left and uh, went and, and told my uh, aunt, you know, what I saw, and, and she kind of looked at me with a, you know, a scared look and said, no one lives there. <laughs> that, that, that that house is abandoned, it's boarded up. And So, uh, so how did you feel when she said that? I, I was freaked out. <laughs> I was like, what the heck did I see? I saw a boy there. I, I clearly saw a boy, but, you know, can I tell you that it was a ghost? I, I can't, really. You know, it, it could be a boy that snuck into the house and was looking out the window, you know, like, like it, it was boarded up, uh, but that was kind of on the lower levels. The, the, 
upper levels weren't really. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know, there weren't boards on them because obviously you'd have to, like, <laughs> climb the stone to get up there, you know? <laughs> so uh, have uh, you ever experienced anything like, let's jump over to UFOs real quick, anything uh, that you have experienced in that area? Oh, I have a crazy story of, uh, you know, so I'm, I was born in Chicago, but I, I lived in New Mexico, uh, which, of course, if you ever saw the show Sightings, and it came on right after X-Files in the 90s. If you ever saw Sightings, you'd be like, like half the stories are from New Mexico on that. You have like, right, right. You know, the house hum, cattle mutilations, Roswell, all, all the stuff is. <laughs> all the good stuff comes from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And so my, my friend and I, uh, we had a buddy of ours that went to school in Laramie, Wyoming, which is about a 10-hour drive from a from Albuquerque, and, and we were on one of the many trips that we would we would take when my friend went off to college to go visit him up there, you know. And, uh, you know, we, we, we I, I mean, we were kind of a little bit crazy. We'd, you know, leave at midnight or something like that to go go places sometimes. And it, I, I forgot exactly what time it was, but it was really late at night, like, you know, completely dark out. We were about 15 miles out of Raton, uh, which Raton is the last kind of desert town before you get to the Colorado border and and it gets up into mountains pretty quickly out there but so we were you know still in the middle of the desert uh you know and uh and I remember 15 miles very specifically because I saw the uh you know Raton 15 miles or something like that I saw the sign right before we saw this but uh this bright object you know came out of nowhere and it, it was green and and kind of like flared up and and got really bright and you could see the desert around us like it was daylight that's how bright this object was and i i remember it very vividly because you know in in new mexico you can get going pretty fast 90 100 miles an hour here in the middle of nowhere you know and and i remember my friend was driving and he like slowed down to maybe 35 miles an hour but the funny thing is like there were only two other cars on on the freeway and they probably slowed down too because we were all going around the same speed like looking at this object going like what is that and i remember of course looking at that mile that that like raton 15 miles right before i uh saw this and we saw this big object and it like you know completely lit up the sky and then it was gone just like that like a blink of an eye it was boom gone yeah, yeah. It oh, was wow. Super bright and then gone. And then, you know, we were so kind of amazed by it. We, we you know, my, my friend actually can probably tell you the time because, like, that night we were talking and we were able to pinpoint the time and the location because I saw a mile marker, you know, and he saw, he looked at the time right before it happened. And, and uh, you know, using that kind of time mile marker thing we went and we looked at all the reports and, and all the news and, and nothing there was nothing about any meteorites or 
UFOs or anything. So we have no idea what it was, but it was it was pretty amazing. <laughs> so do you tie these into your stories that you write? Uh, you know, I I I sometimes do. Uh, you know, I I think uh, there's a lot of myth myths and and kind of legends in the New Mexico area, and, and there was one particularly that I I wrote uh, about you know the Day of the Dead uh, because I I thought you know the Day of the Dead is just you know if, if if anyone doesn't know what I'm talking about, just type Day of the Dead into Google and, and click on images and just look at the artwork that comes out of Day of the Dead. It's like a, a, a festival down in Mexico. It's actually very, very beautiful, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, it's brilliant. I love the I love the artwork that comes out of Day of the Dead. It's, it's just amazing. It's just really, this, this, you know, you know, and, and really festive uh, <laughs> skulls is the best way to, to say it, and it's just really good. Uh, but you know the the actual day of the dead festival. I, I think it's around November fourth. I forget the exact day that it falls on. But uh, you know what you're supposed to do in, with Day of the Dead is you make a feast and then you leave it outside for the the dead for your ancestors to come and and eat. And so it's it's cooking a big meal for those that have passed. And it's just such a beautiful ritual like I, I really like it and so i did write a story about that and uh you know the premise of the story is you know someone's kind of in a cabin in the deserts of new mexico and she decides to celebrate day of the dead and she you know wakes up the next day and finds out that somebody ate the meal wow yeah and so it kind of goes from there like who ate the meal she thinks it's coyotes at first but she realizes it's not coyotes and just kind of goes from there, you know. Have you taken some of your dreams and put them into your stories? Yes, <laughs> yes, actually. Uh, so there's a a sci-fi story that I wrote. Uh, it, it's collectively called the Touristicu Chronicles, uh, but the first one is called Cal's Fall, which shameless self-promotion. Cal's Fall is free on Amazon, so if you want to kind of look at look at that story, you can plug, plug, plug. Plug, plug. Yes, exactly. But uh, Cal's Fall came from a dream. Uh, that particular, it, it, it's a sci-fi story, but it was a really vivid dream that I had once of an alien prison. And so I dreamt that I was in a prison, but all of the prisoners weren't uh, humans. They were, you know, aliens of different shapes and sizes and and you know, more or less the the creatures that appear in that story are, are ripped directly from my dreams, at least as much as I can remember, because, I don't know, I, I have very, very vivid dreams. Like, because they're so vivid and so visual, I write them down as soon as I can, because, you know, whenever I get a good story out of them, I, I like to do it. In fact, the, the first story that I ever kind of sat down and wrote was, a, was another dream. It was a creature that lived at the bottom of a lake that very Cthulhu-like with tentacles and razor sharp teeth and and uh, I had this weird sense that it was a hunting through time you know that it would modify the time stream to 
hunt someone down so you really could never escape it because it would just go back into the past and get you there, you know? Well, what about your childhood? Did you have these uh, same strong prophetic dreams when you were a child? I did. I did. Uh, you know, what? one of the things that really creeped me out when I was a kid was the guy from Poltergeist, uh, that old man character. Yeah, know, yeah, the, yeah. With the hat. Yeah, that guy. He he scared the, the pants off of me as a as a kid, and and I, uh, you know, when he would appear in my dreams a lot, and I could never escape him. He was always out to do me harm, and and uh, all sorts of you know nightmares surrounding that character, and I, that that was something that was kind of one of my first really truly re- reoccurring nightmares. But you know, it, it was also the time that I learned to fight back like i remember the last time i i dreamed of him he was kind of walking through my backyard of the house i grew up in and he was like you know coming through towards the the back you know screen uh or glass door that we had and i remember realizing that i couldn't move objects with my mind and so i i threw our grill at him and then you know through the the table we had back there and all the chairs and, and I just started like pelting him with objects and he eventually like like went away and, and that was literally the last time I dreamed about him and the last time I was afraid of him. Well actually that's kind of cool. Uh, are you, uh, did did you know you were asleep when you started throwing stuff at him? Did you know this or uh, at No. Time? No I, I you, you thought it was still that. real? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that that was real. I, I have tried to experiment with uh, the idea of lucid dreaming where, right. you, you know, you, what, you take kind of a, a regular everyday occurrence. Like, for example, if you're a smoker and uh, every time you light a cigarette, you, 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 you say to yourself, am I dreaming? Is this a dream? And, and just by saying this regular everyday experiment you know yeah you you eventually will hopefully in your dream just wake up to the fact that you're dreaming and be able to take control of it you know and that's i I have tried to practice that not not as much luck and and i think it's just because i don't necessarily like (laughs) discipline myself in the waking hours to 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 ask that question of myself with the with the regular tasks you know (laughs) Well, you you were talking about the old man. See, he was also for people that wonder. He was on the cover of an Anthrax album. That's what. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That that yeah. that comes out with my DJ kind of knowledge. Knowing that uh, you're talking about uh, reoccurring dreams. Why do you think we have reoccurring dreams? You know, I I think it's kind of individual for for the the person. Uh. For me, I, I, I think it might, you know, like, like I think when it comes to dreams, you have to look inside and kind of think about yourself and, and how it relates to really find a meaning. Like, I'm, I'm not necessarily subscribing to, like, like here's a book that tells you what a dream is, you know, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, th- I think there's it's really personal, you know? Uh, but with that being said, as, as reoccurring dreams in general, I think there's something you have to figure out and and what that is is, is very kind of i don't know individual and and 
and what does it mean for you, you know? Like, as far as, like, that reoccurring dream, I mean, it, it happened, of course, when I was really young, so I think it, it uh, for me, was, you know, learning that I had more power than I <laughs> gave myself credit for, you know? <laughs> On the ratio of peaceful dreams and nightmares, what do you think you have more of? Uh, I think I have a good mix of both. Uh, you know, I, and, and a lot of my stuff that might be nightmares for, for some folks kind of intrigue me. Right. In a, in a way that I, I don't have a huge fear factor anymore of those type of dreams. And they kind of, in, in the dream itself, I, I want to explore the situation and, and sometimes they manifest in a way where I have power in the dream that the, the thing isn't necessarily scary. So like, like for example, I, I had this dream that I was stuck on this, uh, kind of derelict space station and, uh, these aliens uh, were running around, kind of like from the movie Aliens. In fact, I think it was directly from the movie Aliens, you know. And <laughs> they were they were after us, but like I had my friends with me, and we were all space marines, and we had the machine guns, and like we were taking them out left and right. And I remember another one of my friends, her her face appeared on all the monitors throughout the space station to kind of tell us where to go. Like she was in some sort of control room going, you know, take a left down this tunnel or something like that, you know? And, and I think like, I don't know, being in the space station full of aliens that are trying to kill you might be a nightmare for most people. But for me, it was kind of fun, you know, like, like that was kind of a, I don't know. So I, 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 you know, I think, uh, you know, same thing, like being in an alien prison, like I, I wanted to know more about the place and, and it stuck with me so much that I started writing about it and, you know, the waking world and, and, and so I think that's, you know, like, like I do have stuff that would be considered nightmares, but they intrigue my storytelling part of myself more. Right. To, you know, <laughs> dive into them and, and see what they're about and, and not really necessarily hold back, uh, you know. Well, what are you more excited of? You Are you more excited of the waking world or are you more excited of your dreamlands? That's a <laughs> that's a good question. I I you know I do like the waking world, and I think there's something to be said from it. But I I am also kind of more excited of the dreamland. Like I kind of in some ways, there's a part of me that wishes I can live in the dreamland as much as I live in the waking world. You know, right? <laughs> there's a part of me that wishes I can I can just spend the entire <laughs> eight hours uh you know being part of those dreams and and seeing where they take me you know well it it, it sounds like you get a lot of your you're an excellent writer aaron seriously you're an oh. excellent writer oh well, thank you but thank i you. mean it's it's like the the new uh book that you're you're starting to write was it every time a bell rings and elf gets his glock <laughs> now yeah, where where yeah. where did that come from <laughs> that that actually Okay, so that that's a... It's brilliant, dude. It's brilliant. It's a brilliant Christmas story, so... Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a basically taking... You know, okay, so it, it kind of comes, you know, I it, it, it kind of comes from Elf on the Shelf, 
so there's a Christmas toy called Elf on the Shelf for people that don't know it. And my nieces are really, really into it. They, you know, supposedly there's an elf that, you know, the parents are supposed to hide it somewhere else in the house. And, and the idea is that this elf, like, reports back to Santa about your naughty or nice behavior, you know, whether or not you've been good or bad. And, and, and I just thought about it for a few seconds and I was like, you know, elf on the shelf, that's, that's kind of like a, a dictator, like a, like a, like, you know, that's a spy kind of, right? Like, you know, that's like, like he's literally watching you in your own house and, and reporting on your behavior to some, like regime that decides whether or not you get benefits, you know, know? like I was just thinking about, this is like total, uh, this is like, you know, a a, sounds like religion, government, you know, sounds like religion to me. So yeah. Yeah. Or like North Korea, you know what I mean? Like, like, so I decided like, well, what if this is kind of like North Korea and the elf, you know? So I, I decided to make a story about an elf that like, like tortures and kills like bad toy makers you know so you have a toy maker that's like skimming off christmas or or like stealing trucks full of toys from the kids or something like that and i decided to make this elf that's kind of like the enforcer for santa so this elf like (laughs) you know you know this has movie all over it oh yeah no no i i would love it one day it's it's kind of like you know uh Elf meets Commando, you know. You no, know, it's exactly that. It's uh, it's like you hear the promo for this winter. It's Elf with a Glock, and he's yeah, not yeah, taking anybody's yeah. toys anymore. Exactly. I mean, I mean, it, it, it's just crazy. Hey, we're almost reaching the end right here. I'm going to go into one of my normal questions here, real quick. Uh, living or dead, if you can uh, meet somebody in your dreams, who would that be? You know, uh, my mom recently passed, and I'd, I'd have to go. I have to go with my mom. I, you know, if mom, if you're listening, I, I would, you know, when you're ready, I'd love, I'd love to talk to you. And, you know, if I, if I were to go with the, the person I've always wanted to meet, celebrity answer, I'd go with Douglas Adams because that guy was one. That guy's my hero. You know, like, like the, uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Right. One of the best books ever written. Yeah. Nobody ever really dies. Nobody really ever dies. So she'll, she's still with you. So don't worry about that. You never know. You never know. Uh, right now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I know you have your own chance. You really to say what you want on your show and just put out your heart and everything, but I'm going to put it on my show. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to sit back and uh, I'm going to give you this opportunity. Cause you know, as you have a show on the RPA network that uh, we have a listening audience all over the world. So I'm going to sit back and I'm going to let you go ahead and uh, give people some of your heart real quick, Aaron, and uh, go ahead and go. All right. Well, I guess this is the, shameless self-promotion uh aaron's horror show if you haven't checked it out you should come over and check it out i read some of my stories and i talk a little bit about movies and then also if you would like to support me i have probably about over 10 books on amazon uh a lot of them are comedy some of them are horror some of them are science fiction some of them are both uh the ones that i would recommend that are up now are orion uh that's that's the one that, that people are digging 
Uh, also, Atmospheric Pressure, people like that one. And if you want more kind of straight-up horror, uh, Playlist of the Age of Dead, people, that, that one's a crazy one. Uh, so, And then I also was in a band called Spiral. It was a prog metal band. Uh, you know, the spiral.bandcamp.com. I think we have 10 albums, I believe. I'm still kind of in the band. We don't really actually, we never played a live show. We, we just recorded at my friend's house. And Don't worry, a lot of yeah. bands are like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I found I find that out doing radio and everything. Uh, how can I reach you, Aaron? Yes. So at Aaron Frail, if you want to get me on Twitter, uh, if you want to go ahead and go to my website, AaronFrail.com, there's actually a, a link to my mailing list on there. If you join my mailing list, a free book will appear in your email. Absolutely free. All you got to do is join the mailing list. And then, uh, finally, last but not least, because we are on the RPA Network, you could go to Aaron's Horror Show on Facebook, Aaron Horror Show on Twitter, or Aaron's Horror Show, or no, Aaron's Horror Show at uh, gmail.com, and you can send me a message, and I will respond and say hello. He will say hello. And don't forget, on Monday, you have Aaron's Horror Show. Uh, no, that's, uh, that's boy, you got me that's confused Aaron, already. <laughs> you got Aaron Hunter with Oop. Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast. Yeah, he's going to yell at me. Uh, that's on Monday. That's with Aaron Hunter, the man of the hour, the man with the power, the man that's too sweet to be sour. And on Tuesday, yeah, you got uh, the guy I'm just talking to right here. That's Mr. Aaron Frail. Yeah, hello. let me say that name again, Aaron. Aaron Friel, Aaron Friel, Aaron Friel. Every time a bell rings, an elf gets his Glock. Aaron Friel, he's going to make it rich making a movie. And on Wednesday, you have mysterious moments, or Terry's mysterious moments with Terry from Texas. And he does like cryptoids and UFOs, and he's been doing hauntings and stuff like that lately in hotels. So uh, go ahead, check that. And this right here, uh, Sam and Lullaby, this is a Phantom Cast. That's whenever I get into the studio, I just go ahead and steal stuff real quick so nobody knows what I'm doing. And uh, that's usually every other uh, like Thursday or something like that. Aaron! Duder! Yes. All right. Thank you, man. Hey, uh, stay yeah, stay me. with me for a second, and uh, I'm going to let you go in a second, but I'm going to let them go first, okay? Sounds good. Okay. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, I'd like to thank each and every one of you for uh, hitting that button, and uh, why don't you go, and go ahead and check out these other shows on the RPA Network uh, as soon as I'm done, because you have been in the Sandman Oh, 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 yeah. If you want to get in touch with me, that's sandmanlullaby at gmail.com. I'll spell it since I'm, I'm a redneck and we can't spell right. That's S-A-N-D-M-A-N-L-U-L-L-A-B-Y at gmail.com. Damn, Mom, I got that right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, thank you very much. And you've been in the Sandman Lullaby.